0: Fantasy oh. focus. Fantasy. Fantasy focus. Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. There are a lot to con- There are a lot of ways you could save. Yeah. Condensed show today. We have a condensed target tree here. Yeah. Just Field Ew. and I hanging yeah. out. We're going to have our good friend Liz Loza join us a little bit later, but. Stefania off, I don't, she's boondoggling
1: somewhere. Do you know she's what she's doing? somewhere, somewhere for sure. Mike is also boondoggling. But Mike, when Mike boondoggles... Mike Mike's co- boondoggle? Mike goes to, like, he goes Christmas tree shopping. Oh, yeah, That's right? That's his version of, of boondoggling, right? It's so like, weird. Yeah, it's different. Um, I should note that I am playing hurt today, so uh, if you guys are wondering, like, if you think about, like, the all-time great performances mm-hmm. of a player mm-hmm. powering through injury potentially one of them if you can see right here i've phone. got a little i've got a little uh, patch i see that up my uh, my neck and back um the dog slept on the bed last night and i woke up this morning and i was like you know i was like a pretzel human pretzel uh-huh. and i apparently had been sleeping like that for like four hours straight and uh yeah i'm a little sore this morning daniel so uh again like i'm not saying that this is one of the most miraculous things
0: that's ever taking place here at espn or, fair, or otherwise
1: yeah. but i'm also not same. Not it's, Not saying it's that.
0: It's interesting because I wondered why the studio smelled like old man and I was like, yeah. Matthew's not here anymore yes, and it's field. So yeah. that's what it was. That's just right. the menthol's assuming, just emanating yes, that's from correct. you. Yes. That's correct. So yeah, it is very odorous, huh? I have those same field. I use those at home all the freaking time. Yeah. So you don't need to feel bad about okay. it. But in public, it is like you can definitely tell someone's got a lidocaine patch totally. on. Totally. I you, am like, the shack
1: of Fantasy Focus right now. Which <laughs> company does, he sh- does He's Bengay, right? Yeah, like one of those. Or Icy Hot. Icy Hot. That's what it was. My bad. My bad. Icy Hot. My there you go. Definitely uh Shaq and Icy
0: Hot, my bad. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. It's yeah. rankings, it's Wednesday. We usually dump out the bucket on just a couple things we want to be able to talk about. Like I said, hopefully Liz Loza is gonna, gonna join us a little bit later in the show. Feel
1: Yates, yep. Maybe some social questions if we have time. I don't know what we'll get to or not get
0: to, we'll but see how uh frisky
1: we feel. Can I also say, like, we're gonna have some fun as we always do? But like it's also week 16. You're uh-huh. in the semifinals, Daniel. Like, I really feel like the biggest question mark in fantasy we dove into yesterday, which was Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah. For the most part, like you kind of know what you're doing. I'm not saying we're going to ignore questions, but like a lot of the players that you're playing, like you've just been playing them for several weeks in a row and you're preparing to play them going forward. There are some guys that we highlighted that are a bit of a bigger question mark, but like, You've made it to the semifinals. Like, you're doing a great job. Like, don't lose faith in what you have done to this point. Like, be prepared to do
0: some even more of that. That's right. I love that attitude field. And this is what you have to do once you get here into the playoffs. Like, there are no more bye weeks. you think that your roster is set? But injuries come along, and you got to be fluid with some stuff. So let's dive into those injuries. Let's talk some news first to start the game or to start the show. Tyler Lockett, potentially undergoes surgery field. Any updates on how much time he could potentially miss? He is definitely going to be out this week. Okay. Could return in week 17. The Seahawks play host to the Jets in week
1: 17. We'll worry about that next week if he does, in fact, return, but there is no Tyler Lockett this week. Definitely the Seahawks, out. of course, go to Kansas City to play the very, very, very hot Kansas City Chiefs and what will be a very, very, very cold. It's no longer Arrowhead Stadium,
0: but it's Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, it's, right? it's like a Jiha. Yeah, it's something like that. It's a,
1: it's a health insurance company. My apologies for not knowing, but I believe it's mm-hmm. Jiha Field at Arrowhead Stadium. So um, if you are feeling frisky, and this would have to be probably in a deep league only, but if you are absolutely pressed up against it, MG Marquis Cuban, I got, and you and I played a league together, Daniel, it's yep. the great Michigan men league. And uh, I had a really solid, successful regular season, but over the past three weeks, I have lost Debo Samuel. Yeah. And then Damian Pierce mm. and then Tyler Lockett in back to back to back weeks. So my depth has been tested in that league. And I don't think I'm going to play Marquise Goodwin, but those are the kind of circumstances that could lead you there. We expect him to take on a larger role this week, but I still view him as a very risky play because we know DK Metcalf will get his, and it could be sort of a committee approach to
0: picking up the slack vacated by Tyler Lockett. That's why you did that speech off the top. That wasn't for everybody else. That's for you. For Correct. You were like, you know what? Don't give up. Don't give I know up. injuries happen, but yeah. you can still do that. That was for you in that the Michigan was men me, league. I mean, what it really, really was, was for me. I'm not, there. Again, I, <laughs> this is not a selfish
1: show. It's just <laughs> on occasion self-serving, I should say. So, uh, yeah, no. That's I'm, tough. I'm, I'm, you're I'm, not the
0: only one that's dealing with losing Tyler Lockett. So totally, so, no, yeah. I think Marcus is will
1: get some run. Mm-hmm. I expect him to play the most snaps of the wide receivers that are not DK Metcalf. But what we've seen from the Seahawks is that, like, a variety of players get some run. Like we've seen a bunch of different guys, Penny hard. And like, we've seen the running backs get involved. They've got three tight ends who catch passes. Noah Fant's a pretty it good could pass be that catcher. Noah fans who looked like he wasn't really participating in practice yesterday, but too early to rule him out. But like Noah Fant and Kobe Parkinson, and maybe even Will Disley will have some, and maybe they'll try to run the football a lot because they're going to try to keep Patrick, Mahomes off the field. So, Goodwin is the number two Seahawks wide receiver in terms of value. I don't know that it's like a lock it in flex play unless you're in a very desperate situation.
0: Let me ask you about the running back. Kenneth Walker. He was out limited. Yep. Did not practice Tuesday. Still truly a questionable decision for this week. I think we should be making plans on him not being there, but do you yeah, have it's any? It's weird,
1: because he played last week, right, yep. on Thursday night, and he you're did. thinking to yourself, okay, if he played last Thursday, now he has 10 days to get ready. That you should time. think he should be better, and he should be available. Some of the messaging yesterday, though, made it seem like not a setback, but there was like some risk of him not being available on Saturday, as you just alluded to. So... Mm-hmm. If he plays, you're playing him. Obviously, uh, you know, the Chiefs can throw the ball a ton. So this could, became, this could become a game of catch up for Seattle. But still, we have seen other teams in recent weeks successfully control the game against Kansas City by at least running at a decent amount. Wouldn't surprise me if kind of Walker is a very busy man if he does play. But if he doesn't, like based off what we saw two weeks ago, you don't want any part of that backfield. I, do you? You,
0: can't pick, you can't pick between those two running backs because I don't know which one. I have zero confidence in trying to say which one I think is going to be the guy. where yeah, the I mean, I, go. I it's Travis Homer, but the guy
1: might mean 5.5 fantasy that's, points. It's right? not enough. Which you just, I don't think that's enough to validate playing a player in a semifinal.
0: Is there any updates? I saw as if we need more running back injury know, right? news. Know. Nick Chubb did not practice last week. Is there anything serious here that managers need to be aware of? Or is this just they're trying to be cautious? Don't
1: know. So we did see Nick Chubb earlier in the day yesterday talking to the media, which as we've mentioned a million times on this show is often an indicator that a guy could be available in the next game. Then when Kevin Stefanski was asked whether he thought Nick Chubb would play this upcoming Saturday, he said, I hope so, but not like, Hey, we expect him to like, we're, we're just sort of monitoring mm. his reps during the week. He just said, I hope so. So <clears throat> I love that. what does that mean? It means that we are preparing for the possibility of Nick Chubb being out. As we know in Cleveland, there is no mystery as to who will be the next man up. It would be Kareem Hunt, who probably is still rostered in like over 50% of leagues. He hopefully hasn't been used in over 50% of leagues as he has not been very good this season. But if Nick Chubb is out on Saturday, Kareem Hunt. Plug and play to the moon 15 or so option in a game that uh, could end up being very run heavy because there is not just a ton of cold on the way in Cleveland, but a ton of wind on the way right now. Of course, Cleveland on the lake, no surprising, not surprising that it would be a bit uh, windier and certainly very brisk on Saturday against the Saints. The Saints uh, are actually traveling a day early to
0: Cleveland because the weather is so perilous
1: on Friday. So uh,
0: that's the theme of the week. We do not we do not need this field. We do not I mean we've had too many <laughs> just too many injuries as it is, but like to lose Nick Chubb potentially for the playoffs it would be it would be awful. Yeah. It would be awful. All right, we'll continue to monitor that as the week moves along. Kenny Pickett is back under center for for Pittsburgh taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that means this offense is just going to look like what it's looked the rest of the year. Say, field.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like as long as it's uh, Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, I feel like it's a pretty similar vibe on this offense. Yeah. Not expecting a ton of points, uh, but hopefully the volume is fairly saturated between Deontay Johnson and also, George Pickens, and also a player that we'll talk about more a in Pat bit or Like I'd like at least some volume for him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to me, doesn't really move the needle that nope. much one way or the other.
0: Agreed. Glad he's um, under center, though. I think he's better than...
1: Uh, yeah, better. And, happy, and happy for him because he's now had multiple concussions. Obviously, that's very scary. And uh, obviously, rest in peace to the great Franco Harris, who passed away overnight, the author of the Immaculate Reception, which was 50 years ago. is 21st? In two days, so fifty wow. years ago, and the team was preparing to honor Franco Harris on Saturday night. So, uh, have you have you been to Pittsburgh before? I have been London. to Pittsburgh before. Yes, so, you know when you fly into the airport, like you know you go to some place, I'm I'm from I'm from Boston, yep. and uh, because the city has a uh, a deep political history, you know we've got like I used to live by the Boston Common where you've got like presidential statues, right? And I'm not trying to say that Pittsburgh doesn't have like you know people that are important outside of football, but just to paint a picture of how important Franco Harris was. When you fly to Pittsburgh, there is a statue of Franco Harris sitting there, right? Um, The immaculate reception. And um, I think what's probably underappreciated about Franco Harris is that we look at the Steelers now as like one of the greatest franchises, most successful franchises ever. Six Super Bowls tied with the Patriots for the most amongst any NFL team. Before that play, they were not that franchise. That sparked winning in Pittsburgh. So a devastating day for Steelers fans uh, all over the world today is Frank O'Hara's, who was so beloved uh, beyond his incredible football acumen
0: mm-hmm. and uh, a sad day for sure in Pittsburgh. All right. We're going to move ahead. Unfortunately, uh, we got two more to talk about. Yeah, Yeah. Khalil Herbert here. Khalil Herbert returns from the IR list available in 72% of leagues. Yeah. I feel like, listen. This is going to be tough to be able to figure out how how you would use or put Khalil Herbert into your fantasy lineup. But I look at this as a situation where if anything happened to David Montgomery, yeah. Khalil Herbert would then all of a sudden become just like Kareem Hunt would, a top twenty play for the week. Yeah, you certainly an in, a
1: valuable insurance policy. Obviously, we've got three weeks left, so uh, you don't have to go crazy looking to add him. But a valuable insurance policy if something happens to David Montgomery. And you know, Mike was telling us about how the sausage was made yesterday with yep. his projections, and I can imagine that whatever Mike's initial number was for David Montgomery, if it didn't include Khalil Herbert, once you factor Khalil Herbert back into the mix, maybe David Montgomery's fantasy outlook for this week goes down by two or three points Uh, in the projection. So maybe it takes off fifteen or sixteen percent of David Montgomery's overall production. So if you have Montgomery, um, it's certainly possible he's gonna have a great day on Saturday against the Bills. It's possible, and I'm still gonna play him. It just might mean a slightly less busy workload for a guy who has been very busy
0: and very dependable since coming back from his own injury earlier this season. There's another team I'm interested to see how they use how they figure things out at the end of the year. I mean they're not playing for anything, you know, with everything like that. So like I just
1: I think they're gonna keep playing all the way through as hard as they possibly can because there are a few franchises that, and I think your lions are a good example of this at the end of the year, last year, they started to play better football Yeah, and it did it hurt their draft stock. Yeah, probably a little bit. They got the number two pick as opposed to the number one, still got the guy we wanted, but you got the guy you wanted, maybe the guy you would have taken. But like, do you remember, I remember the vibes at the end of last season being like Detroit might be up to something here. Mm -hmm. And We'll see where the Bears end up. They are getting a gauntlet of a schedule right now. I mean, they played the, Bill, uh, the Eagles last week and the Bills this week. They hung tough with Philly. I don't know if they hang tough with Buffalo, but if they hang tough with Buffalo, it might make you feel better about where things are headed. They get your Lions next week, but yep. I think
0: this team will play hard all the way through. All right, last one that we have here Devin Duvernay yeah. headed to the IR, and the Ravens claimed Sammy Watkins. Old friend comes back. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if this really
1: matters any mean, way, shape, or form, right? Like, nah. DeMarcus Robinson is probably the Ravens wide receiver you'd be most likely to play right now, but you're not expecting like a major, major day, right? Like, if you're looking for 10 fantasy points, that's where DeMarcus Robinson does sort of fit into the mix because somebody has to catch passes. Certainly, Mark Andrews would be involved uh, a little bit, but not nearly enough. So, yeah, kind of a mess. Um, Ravens are tricky one, man. It's been like multiple years now of like minimal production, uh, from wide receivers on the whole, you've had individual performers like Hollywood Brown last year and the year before, but, um, just a lost season for the Ravens wideouts this year. Really Really much really really has been. Yeah. I mean, you saw glimpses of Duvernay at the beginning of the year and then we had a little bit of a Rashad Bateman thing for like uh, literally a week or two, but, um, yeah, lost season for the Ravens pass catchers for the most part in fantasy. Really tough.
0: I'm interested to see where Rashad Bateman's gonna fall once we get to uh, draft time next year. Yeah. So that was there were a I lot of expectations know. coming into this year. And I already know this. Like I have I already have a Bateman decision. <clears throat>
1: I have or no, I traded him I had a keeper league where I had a deal that like I have Rashad Bateman and he counts 10% of the cap going into next year. A non PPR league, too. Oh wow. And I was like, I don't know how to value him like. <clears throat> My guess was that Rashad Bateman would end up being like he would end up going for less than ten percent of the of. cap if he were back in the pool next year. Yep. I, I he was part of a trade that I made that I can't remember what it was, but like he's a tricky player to value. He's a tough one. He's gonna be the number one wide receiver, you think, for the Ravens, and we think Lamar Jackson's gonna be the quarterback there for a long time, but That was the same calculus this year, and it didn't amount to much. Evil and Lamar was heating up for the first three weeks when he was like red hot, like we saw some Bateman, but not dominant Bateman.
0: All right,
1: Field, let's
0: move ahead. We're going to dump out the bucket. We (coughs) got miscellaneous fantasy. You and I picked both a couple of topics we wanted to talk about, and the first one is... What do you think Mike Clay's projection on Derrick Henry is for this week? And why is it too low? I
1: was going to say it is too low. Whatever it is, it is too low. And (laughs) where I wanted to start, Daniel, is you think back to this past offseason. Yep. And you think back to prior offseason. And it feels like every year we have this conversation, like, at some point, Derrick Henry is going to fall off, right? And here we are. And we're going to eventually do an end of seasons award show. And one of the awards we give out is playoff MVP. And we could be staring down the barrel of Derrick Henry being the most valuable player in fantasy In the playoffs, once again, especially because Jalen Hurts is now hurt. You have no Cooper Cup. You've got banged up players left and right around the NFL. And Derrick Henry draws the Texans on Saturday, which, listen, I think any matchup is a good matchup for Derrick Henry. (laughs) But how about this? I want you to hear Derrick Henry's last four games against the Houston Texans. Okay. 32 rushes, 219 yards, and two touchdowns. Okay. 34 rushes, 250 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Wow. 22 rushes, 212 yards, two rushing touchdowns, 32 rushes, 211 rushing yards, three rushing
0: touchdowns. Wait, so he's hit 200 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in each of the last four games against Houston. Correct, against
1: Houston. And that spans all the way back to week 17 of 2019. Oh my gosh. Um, And I know that, like, is it possible that this is a little bit more like random than it is like specific to the Houston Texans. It's possible. I also know this, who is the number 32 run defense in the NFL this season, the Houston Texans. That's right, Daniel. So we could be staring again at the possibility of Derek Henry being the fantasy football MVP in the playoffs. He is so dominant. And with Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. very much up in the air to play on Saturday. As a matter of fact, before we got in the air, it's ten fifteen now, but 30 minutes ago, they signed Josh Dobbs, the Titans did, did off they? of your Lions practice squad. Yeah. Another indicator that there could be no Ryan Tannehill on Saturday against the Texans. What would the formula be? If it's Malik Willis under center, run the football
0: yeah. thirty-five times with Derrick Henry, like you did all of these other games. Yeah,
1: and as we saw when Malik Willis was the starter earlier this season as well, a heavy dose of of Derrick Henry. So yes. this could be seriously like we could be staring at thirty-five rushing attempts for Derrick Henry on Saturday. It's going to be very cold in uh, Nashville on Saturday. I think tackling Derrick Henry oh, by gosh. itself is like a like you have to pay me one million dollars to convince me it was worth it. Like. Ten thousand bucks, not a chance. <laughs> Nine hundred thousand bucks, probably still not a chance. A million, there. we can start negotiating. All right. we can talk right? about it. and you, but if it's doing that when it's five degrees out no. with the wind chill, no. Good luck to the Houston Texans run defense on Saturday.
0: So we talked about this because you know one of the things that we when we talked about the Cowboys, yeah, it's like hey, we, there's a ton of pass catchers here that we really like, but teams just run against the the Houston Texans all the time. They do it, yeah. So understanding, we just talked about Derek Henry. That's everything where we're at. I'm interested to see with this Titans team, Traylon Burks practice yesterday has not been cleared yet from the concussion protocol, but has yeah. been making steps to come back. We'll see where that works. I want to ask you about Chigo Conquo. Yeah. I want to ask Be- you about him because how on earth yeah. do you say, here's a guy that scored 10 fantasy points or more for three straight weeks when tight end is so bad and now you're entering the fantasy playoffs. How do you not start him? I will raise my hand and say Malik Willis is how I won't start him. Yeah, that's probably it, right? And that's really the question here because that's what changed everything for me based on if it's Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis. I probably would have had Chigo Conquo up higher this week in part of what he's done the last couple of weeks, but I don't know if I see that trend being able to continue with Willis under center. I feel like what's hard is like you want to give the guy praise and he deserves it. 100% he deserves it. He's really
1: impressive. He's going to be a big part of this offense going forward, no matter how it looks, like passes the eye test, no doubt. He is the second highest scoring tight end over the past three weeks, ahead of Travis Kelsey. That's like, crazy. what? Only Evan Ingram is better. Obviously, Ingram had that explosion game yep. two weeks ago. He has five or more targets in four straight games. The problem is it's, like, just about five targets, right? It's, right. like, five or six. And he's also playing alongside Austin Hooper, who has a real role. So I think he'd feel better if... There wasn't a second tight end also getting work, and if the quarterback situation was a more pass-happy approach like it would be with Ryan Tannehill. So I think there are certainly worse options than Oconquo. I've got him as tight end 14, which I think is
0: about in line with where most people see him this week. Yeah, I need to raise him a little bit. I think I'm a little too low on him right now. I have him at tight end 16, but... It's all you know, relative, though. It's all part of what we talk about. Titans give up the Titans. The Texans give up the 10th most fantasy points to tight end. So in theory, it's a good matchup for a guy that has given you double-digit fantasy points three weeks in a row, yeah. a quarterback situation. There's just a lot of question marks there for me. And he's not the only tight end that I have question marks on. Because Field, last week, I started Pat Friermuth. In a playoff matchup. You should have. And I got a zero. Yeah. And now, if I won, if I won, and I did the in the league that I actually do have Pat Fryman I did advance. But for everyone else, if you won last week with a guy that puts up a zero, the emotional weight to throw mm-hmm. that guy back into your fantasy lineup for a second week in a row, even if that's not the kind of guy who it is, yeah. it just gives you pause, man. It's tough to look at a donut in someone's game log and be like, yeah, I'm going to trust that guy here when it's win or go home. So this
1: is... We always talk about the emotions and the and the, and the momentum and all those things. This is one of those moments where you have to say to yourself, none of that crap matters. Don't okay? overthink like, it. Don't overthink it. Last week does not portend what's going to happen this week. Like, you know, Evan Ingram had that monster game two weeks ago and he came back and had like a much less monster game, right? Like, Strange things happen in the world of fantasy sports. Like it's just the way the winds blow. Sometimes Josh Allen had been relatively quiet by his own standards and then blew up this past week. Like all this stuff that could happen could also not happen. You have to just tell yourself like, all right, blind resume. I just got uh, shot out of a cannon from, from space. And I landed on, uh, I landed in Bristol, Connecticut. And I have the opportunity to play a tight end who is top five in targets for the season, top five in catches for the season, pretty useful player, hasn't been scoring touchdowns, but like no tight end score touchdowns anymore other than Travis Kelsey and Jawan Johnson. Johnson, So like, (laughs) do I play him or do I not? The answer is probably yes. Like, I don't even know if there was a lightning in the bottle tight end that you could have picked up in recent weeks. that I'd be like, yeah, I'm playing him. Like, so I think I'm
0: I'm playing Pat Firemouth over him. Um, That's why I wanted to have these conversations back to back in all honesty, because just it's the idea. And I'm with you you can't look at that zero and let it be like, all right, I'm not going to start this guy this yeah. week, but it is a tough thing to look at, especially if you've got a guy out there. Chigo Conco is probably out there in a bunch of leagues that you can say, this guy's giving me 10 fantasy points, so. I'm just still rolling with Pat so
1: many snaps. Yep. And just, I know last week stinks in the highest way, but like, I don't know, man, I'd feel really, really, really bad if he had like, not even like 10 catches for 120 yards, but I'm talking like, Five catches for fifty two yards and a touchdown, and a touchdown. On Saturday. Night. I'm with you. Like that's all you need to feel
0: like wonderful about Pat Fryermuth this week. That's a pretty like that's a pretty basic Pat Fryermuth. Like that that's not that's crazy not for him. Yeah, no, that's, no that's, that's totally doable. Like it's not a
1: dominant effort for anybody, but it's also not a terrible like that's that would be all you could ever ask for.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to talk about those two tight ends back to back. I'm with I you. Know, I have Pat Friermuth sh- sh- inside man. the top ten in spite of last week, but you know, boy. Tough sometimes. Tough sometimes. Yeah. Speaking of tough field, let's talk about we there's so much weather here yeah, for so this week.
1: We keep talking about how it's going to be so cold, but nowhere, and I alluded to this earlier, does it seem like it's going to be more precarious than Chicago for the Bills and a Bears game. Okay. And also the Browns hosting the Saints. And here's where I think it's interesting is that and I I'm I'm a I am preparing to make adjustments to some of the ranks in these in the to, the to the ranks on these players in this in this game so okay all right let's just go to go through team by team on the new orleans side i know he's been really really bad for fantasy but like i'm probably still playing alvin kamara he's still a top 20 running back absolutely a you expect it to be a run heavier game b he is very talented c like Alvin Kamara or Deontay Johnson or Mike Evans has to score again at some point, right? Like that has to happen. You'd think you, you can't go in a world where all three of those players don't find the end zone ever again. And yeah, what kind of a timeline would that be? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's dark, one of the darker ones, very dark timeline. If yeah. that's the case. So Alvin Kamara, I'm good with Chris Olave does make me nervous and me the too. winds will be whipping on Saturday night. And yep. that's what makes you nervous. So I have Olave is right around wide receiver 30 and the player that I'm, I'm going to be preparing, I am going to be preparing to adjust the value of is Amari Cooper, and I'll let Liz chime in because she has some thoughts on Amari Cooper a little bit later on. But it ties to Deshaun Watson, and I had this written up prior to uh, the weather becoming an issue. But Deshaun Watson is like not even close to a lineup lock right now. No, and as we've said several times, there were people that grabbed Deshaun Watson thinking like, okay, hey. I've been figuring it out. I've been patching it together at quarterback week 13 rolls around. I will have a player that can be a 20 point per game score. Not the case, obviously with Deshaun Watson at all, his quarterback finishes so far this season have been like quarterback 30 quarterback, 16 and quarterback 14. And I don't know how that changes on Saturday night dramatically, especially if Nick Chubb is gone, but just helps the offense and just makes the offense better. Right. Yeah. Um, Not conducive to throwing. Nope. And Watson hasn't been that good. Like, he's completing 60% of his passes so far. Like, 60% is no longer a threshold that we care about for quarterbacks. There was a time where 60% was okay 20 years ago. Not anymore. Like, 65 and below. Gino's completing almost 70% of his
0: passes this year, right? Yeah,
1: I think it's actually above 70 right now. Like, 70's excellent. 65 is, like, solid. 60 is a problem. And beyond that, Deshaun has had one game over... 200 passing yards.
0: Mm.
1: He's got two passing touchdowns in three games. Far from a lineup block, and the weather only makes it that much trickier going forward. So, again, I want to save some of this uh, for Liz because she's going to talk about Amari Cooper, but it's a problem. And how about this? <clears throat> it's the lowest over-under for a game in the NFL since at least 2009, if it holds.
0: It's at 31.5. Ugh. It's, like... 31 and a half means that someone is going to win that football game or the football game is going to be a 15-16. Like they literally are expecting
1: a a 17-14 game is the expectation from from Vegas, right? And like when we have 17-14 games in the NFL, it's like, what? Like low scoring now is like 24-20. Yeah. We're talking about a full touchdown and a half less
0: than that. So with that weather, can I ask you this? Yeah. So... Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, especially DPJ as like a deep target. Those yeah, guys are scary, right? massively, yeah. like they, it's it, it hurts their value so much. David Njoku as the tight end position, shorter targets, probably still having to play yeah. him in a situation like
1: that. Yeah, probably hard. Like it goes back to the Pat Fryer with
0: conversation. Right, with how tight right? ends have so been like, and how good he's been at least. It just
1: depends. <clears throat> I think there is a world in which you could talk me, like I have Amari Cooper on two teams and I am... Preparing for the possibility of not playing him in either of
0: those. You're hoping teams. that your roster construction allows you to not play. Yeah, him.
1: I, I mean, yeah. I have like, I have a suitable, I have a suitable replacement there. Like in one league, I think it's going to end up being TJ Moore, which is a suitable replacement against taking on the Detroit lions. the, lions. the other one, I just, he, he's normally my flex and it's a non PPR. So I can play a running back in his place. Um, I haven't decided on those for certain, but it makes you nervous because it's not like Cooper's been lighting the world on fire either. He's got 12, 9, 7, and 6 targets over his past four games. So going in the wrong direction. So th- so his three Deshaun
0: Watson games are 9, 7, and 6. Yeah.
1: Hasn't had a big game. I think he'll, he'll get there at some point. And I'll, again, I'll, uh, at some point, but I don't think it's this week. This week I'll let Liz yet. dive into we'll it more. Yeah. All right. What about the Jets? or The Jets, excuse me. What about the Jaguars? Uh, wait, can I get to uh, Hollywood Brown before I get there?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I f- did not realize that yeah. Hollywood Brown is there.
1: Um, it's a problem, man. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a bummer. Hollywood Brown was awesome at the beginning of the season. He was so good when DeAndre Hopkins was gone. And over the past three weeks, it is just like totally evaporated. So it was great when he was getting... 10 or 15 targets in a game.
0: He was top three in snaps and routes run and like everything across the targets. He was was, DeAndre Hopkins light. Him and Cooper Cup were just like, they they were were back and forth with each other. It's crazy to think that that was this year that we saw that from Hollywood Brown. So he returns from injury. DeAndre Hopkins
1: is back. Rondell Moore's not even back. Yeah, I know. And how about this? Over the past three games, eight targets, eight targets. And then this past week, he had four catches for 19 yards. How about that? 19 yards. He has 53 receiving yards over the past two weeks, Daniel. So it feels like what's happening is just like the targets are harder to come by, even if they're okay. Like they're still harder to come by. The big plays are just gone entirely. And then we are staring at the very real possibility of Trace McSorley playing on Saturday. on uh, Sunday. They are Sunday. Sunday night against the Bucks. I'm pretty sure. Let me, let me, I'm almost positive the game is in Tampa. Let me just confirm this, but I'm almost positive. Only The only reason I mention that is that... Uh, ha, ha. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm wrong. Okay, let me feel better about this. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was in Tampa. And even in Tampa, the weather looks crappy this weekend. It's supposed Stop. to be like 35 degrees in Tampa. Stop Over, it. The Arctic chill is just crushing us, which, again, t- cold is different than wind. Of course. Um, but you'd you prefer to be... Pl- like if you gave me the opportunity to go play football in the, the comforts of beautiful Glendale, Arizona, where it's going to be probably, you know, maybe get down to 60 degrees, I was I'd be thrilled with that. Right. Yeah. Like, so um, regardless of, of the fact that it is being played at home, like I just, this game just feels like one where I'm avoiding Hollywood Brown. I've got him all the way down at wide receiver 29, man. It's just a bummer.
0: It is a huge bummer. And it's one of those things where you feel like you're talking yourself into starting him yeah. when you don't want to. And this is not the week when it's whenever it's a win or go home week. I never like having that feeling yeah, with just, players. it
1: sort of feels like you you play him because you have to, right? right like right. but do you like because you have no better option on the waiver wire? In a deep league I get it. 14 16 team league, but I think in 10 or 12 team leagues there might be somebody whose momentum is carrying further. I love right that. Now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's my my homage to Dan Campbell right there. Well, it's a, listen, no that's and, and have they not done that this entire season, by the way? Uh, it's yeah. like a mini dab. This is like the Dan Campbell in the dab. This is the reverse dab, right? Yeah. The inverse dab. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Love it. Um, I feel like Zay Jones is honestly one of those guys. And like, he's, he sort of came on a little more than just you know lately. But Zay he's Jones example, massive volume. I would take Zay Jones over Hollywood Brown this week. And it's not even close field.
1: But I am so, so interested to hear what Mike Clay has to say in this tomorrow. Because they are playing the Jets tomorrow are night or the Jaguars.
0: Really good defense.
1: And they are it's a nasty defense. I mean, last week a red hot Lions, your your Lions offense, they they got the win and they did what they had to do, but you saw I mean you saw it you saw how limiting that Jets offense, a Jets defense can be oh, yeah. to non-slot wide receivers. Yep. So candidly, like Mike is more of an expert in a lot of ways than me. Um, most certainly uh in terms of like Route distribution. Are you playing from the slot? Are you playing not from the slot? And I, I'm, I'm going to hear from Mike tomorrow. I just wanted to put this on the radar like you did as well. Like having just seen the Jets, does that alone make you nervous on Zay Jones? Or are you more affixed to the fact that Zay Jones has been on
0: fire these past few weeks? I think some of the nervousness that I have is how much of this Trevor Lawrence magic is going to continue. Because can he continue to get both Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram involved, because Evan Ingram has now worked his way into a, you can't not start him at the tight end position with the yeah. way he's been playing recently. He had 10 targets. This and so against this Jets defense, like, yeah, every, you've been starting, or maybe you haven't been, but at this point, had it not been a Jets team, you'd start all of these Jaguars with the way that they've been playing. But yeah. now with this defense, lowering expectations a little bit, I'm with you. I, this is part of why I wanted to bring it up, because in wanting to look at this, I you know, it's going to be tough for me not to play these guys, yep. but it is going to be lowered expectations based on what the production has been lately. So I got him as wide receiver 26 right now. What do I have? Wide receiver
1: 23. For okay, you. so we're close. I want to bring this back up, and we will because it's a Thursday night game. Tomorrow, I can't wait to hear what Mike Clay has to say about the wide receiver cornerback matchups in
0: this game. Yeah. Who do you think Sauce is going to cover here? Is it going to be I, Zay Jones? Know. Is going to you be know, be my, my sense
1: is that, like, and again, I I could have done those legwork on my own. And watching Jacksonville, it strikes me that like... You see Zay from the slot. You see him from the perimeter. You see Christian Kirk from the slot some. You see him from the perimeter. So my guess is that like they'll all get a little slice of sauce mm-hmm. tomorrow night. A little, a little scoop of sauce, I suppose, scoop would be of a sauce. more appropriate way of describing it, right? So um, it's possible. It's possible that that's how things shake out. But it's not like the Jets have a bunch of scrubs besides sauce like DJ Reed's been excellent. Michael Carter is a good player, no doubt. Not the the same level as as sauce and DJ Reed, but it's just a formidable front. The Jets are also getting back Quinn and Williams on Thursday night. Uh, The Jaguars just lost their left tackle, so pressure could be an issue. So it makes me a a bit nervous. And I got to be totally honest with you in the playoffs, even though the games are now Thursday and Saturday, we've got most of our games on Saturday like do you know how scary it is if you have a player
0: that duds on Thursday oh, night? gosh. It's the
1: most sinking feeling for you. Because you're looking at that
0: for days, just being like, I got to make up that. I got to make up how, this deficit. How do I do? How do I screw this up so badly? Uh-huh. Why, am I, why do I play fantasy football? Exactly. Why do I ever do this yes. ever again? Why do I play nine leagues? What do I do with myself? Yep. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm, I'm totally in that same page. By the way, every team should be forced to have two players with the same name, one on offense, one on defense, because the Jets have two Michael Carters. Yes. And I love totally it. Totally agree. Yeah. I love it. I just think it's fun.
1: That's a great call. Are there any other players that share the same name on the same team? On the same team. I, I don't, don't know if so. they play on the same team. I don't think so. They're, I'm, sure, I'm sure there are definitely players. Like, you know, we've got multiple Chris Jones in the league. Um, we have the Jets also have Quinnen and Quincy Williams. They're brothers. Yep. The Patriots have like nine players with oh, so last name. Jones. Josh Allen and Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Josh Allen. Josh Allen, and Josh Allen. Yeah, that came the from uh, our
0: one. producer, David Presley. Shout out hey to Presley. Good, Presley good job. My, my comms aren't working today. So great call by Presley right there. Um, um, oh, and then, uh, Presley just let us know. This is how you can tell he's a real good producer. He was like, no, that actually came from Zach. Oh, so he's not even taking sure credit look. for yeah. it. This is how you Zach, it. also part of our great production staff. Um, is really quickly, is Travis Etienne like the, like, do you feel the most uncomfortable about starting him as a Jaguar over these pass catchers with how he's played recently?
1: Um, No, I thought he ran well enough this past week against the Cowboys. I kind of gave you better bounce back. You know, this is going to be a volume. He's going to continue to get the volume, even if he is a lot less of a threat as a pass catcher than I would have expected. I'm still playing Travis.
0: E. I know it's week 16. I'm just like in watching this offense and the way that they're playing now, another one of those teams where it's like finishing the season strong. I'm excited to see what this Jaguars team can be the next year.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I like, can't wait. They've got, but they lot. could be in the, the playoffs.
0: Calvin Ridley thing that you mentioned too. Like it's crazy, crazy. to think he's going to be added to this roster. So. All right.
1: So let's, let's just, we did this a couple days ago, but like, I know it's different. I was doing this with, with a podcast uh, for a podcast that I appeared on. Um, with you Rhodes. committed
0: pod adultery with well,
1: Lindsey Rhodes is great. And go listen to the podcast. It's on my Twitter account. Uh, if you are, if you are so inclined, but like I was calling it then like week 18, you know, they flex week 18. Yep. We got a couple flexes left. So week 16, there's no, I think they had no flex options for week 16. The reason why is because it's a holiday, the Sunday night game for like, they only have three games on Sunday and they weren't going to like move a Christmas day game around. Right. Um, And then Saturday, I think they were kind of locked in on that NFL Network special of Steelers and Raiders no matter what. Week 17 and 18, they can wait until the week of to make the decision on the flex. They always do that in week 18. Week 17, though, currently scheduled to be Rams-Chargers. Not exactly a scintillating matchup. If you go look at it, like the NFL needs, actually what they need, here's what they really need to be honest with you. Someone, someone sh- showed me the slate yesterday. What the NFL needs for Week uh, 16, 16. So that's this week. Yeah. What they, What they honestly, what they need in Week 16 is they need the Patriots to beat the Bengals, which I'm not expecting to happen, but they need that because that would be that would give Patriots Dolphins like some kind of two juice. teams with with winning records in the playoff hunt yep. at the very least. If you look at it, besides that, like. Cardinals, Falcons, Bears, Lions, Broncos, Chiefs. Colts, Giants, Saints, Eagles. Like, tell me when you're interested in a game. Panthers, Bucks, which could be, you know, but
0: you know it sucks. Panthers, Bucks probably has the most implications because of how bad the NFC South is. Yeah, like right now. But if the Panthers lose and the, and the Bucks win this weekend... this week then it's it yeah, matter, forget about right? it. Yeah.
1: Uh, Browns, Commanders, Steelers, Ravens. Maybe, maybe if the Steelers win and the Bra- Ravens lose, only because it's a, I don't want to watch a, the Ravens. The Ravens aren't fun to watch. But it's a rivalry. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm, it is I'm a rivalry. giving the options here. Yes. Like <laughs> Jaguars, Texans, 49ers, Raiders. Jets, Seahawks could also be in the mix. That could um, be fun. But I, I'm again, they need the Jets and Seahawks to both win this week or the Patriots to win to give them something. Yeah. Because otherwise they like the options are just like if you're looking for a playoff relevant game, you're gonna have to be probably grasping for straws there.
0: Well, speaking of playoff relevant games, yeah. the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers yeah. play, this is. Playoff relevant, technically for both of both these teams, teams. Really for both teams, yeah. Which is crazy to think that the Panthers are still in it, but three teams in the NFC South are five and nine, yeah. And the Bucks are in first with their what are they six and six eight? eight. eight. Yeah. So uh, everybody Unreal. in that team has a in that division has a losing record. Yep. So there's a huge game. I want to talk about the running backs. Who is, are you playing? If either I, I, if I'm going to play a running back here, it's Chuba Hubbard. Okay. I don't want to play any of them though. I Agree. Again, since uh, week eight Kyle, you can help me out here since week eight or since week nine, we talked about this for a long time. Now they yeah. have not allowed a running back to score 10 fantasy points in a single so game seven
1: games in a row, now which for is inc-
0: incredible yeah. for that to be a thing. Uh, I don't see Chuba Hubbard or Dante Foreman being either one of those running backs to be able to break that mold right now. But if yeah. there was one, I was going to choose obviously Hubbard with the passing game work Easily for me is the guy. I have yeah. him as running back 31 this week, 32 this week. Yeah, they're both outside the top 30 for I want to pass on both of them if I can. I'd like to pass as well.
1: It's been a really tough matchup, as you mentioned, for the Lions. Panthers, um, not exactly uh, a juggernaut on offense. Lions, certainly better on offense than the Panthers are. They could make this a game where Carolina has to throw it a bit. If they do, Hubbard is the far superior pass catcher. By the way, not as bad as other places it's expected to be the coldest home game in Carolina Panthers history no way. on Saturday. The wind chill could have it down into the teens. Shut up. In Carolina? In Carolina? Yeah. But Nashville 5 degree wind chill, Carolina teens wind chill. Again, Florida's going to be cold. I think Miami might be like for Miami, cold on Sunday, which is like, you know,
0: 65, right? But do you prefer your team to have an outdoor stadium? Absolutely not. I think that I don't know why every, and I, I know why it's tons of money to build them, but like Dome is just like, I can't imagine playing outdoors in five degrees and being a fan, sitting outside for three, not even three hours. The game is three hours. Yeah, You're waiting outside, you're doing concessions. Like that's just not as much fun to me. So a few weeks back, there was a game played at
1: Lambeau Field, not this past Uh, Monday night but a few weeks ago there was a Lambo I can't remember what what night it was It might have been a Thursday night football game and it was just like beautiful there was snow it was cold it was like you know 25 degrees that's perfect with some snow and you're like okay this is awesome but like when I watch these practice reports these guys are out there running around like like you're just practicing like there's not even the adrenaline of a game. Uh-huh. Like you're just going through the, the motions during practice and you have to be out there when it's like eight degrees out. And I'm like, this sounds so miserable. This it's, looks miserable. I have gotten so soft because I remember back in <laughs> high school and college, like the idea of wearing sleeves for a game to me, you might as well have like put me in jail for wearing sleeves. I was like, yeah. there's no chance I would ever wear it. I'm, I'm too tough for that. I'm too tough for that stuff. Now, like I've had the heat on since July.
0: Like I, I've gotten so soft in my older age. Oh, me too. Lions have it right. Wait, you've got, you have gotten soft, but we'll find out when you start keeping your thermostat at 68 because it's too expensive and you yell at the rest of the family. Oh, where like, that's when man. you become a real old man. I've started, I've started to get to that oh, point.
1: You know what the hardest part about being <clears throat> in our age right now is that like, you have a baby, you constantly want them to be warm. But you also are like, holy crap, we sleep on the same floor. And it's like, I can't sleep in 70. Yeah, I can't do it. Right? I know like, exactly. What I, I mean. have to like put a like a like a, like a cold <laughs>
0: towel underneath me to sleep at night. Oh, man. All right. Let's talk about field um, on Monday. You threw out the idea of sending in some sob stories, fantasy matchups that maybe didn't go the right way. I, yeah. I just want you to like I asked, like, would you rather get smothered?
1: and lose by, like, 70 points in the first round, or would you rather lose a close one? Did you have an absolutely terrible showing? Let me know. Send us a picture. The internet did that. And that's right. A couple of people from the chat, amongst many others, did send them way. Right. So let's take a look at some of these, Daniel. And for those that are listening to the podcast right now, here is somebody. This is Chris Wolf. I'm so sorry, Chris. Here was Chris's team this past weekend. Justin Herbert, Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins, Devontae Adams, Chris Olave, Amonra St. Brown, Tyler Bass and the Ravens defense a total of sixty four point eight one fantasy points. How About that, like this, that's this awful. looks like uh, this is non PPR by the way. Uh, as I see, Amon-Ra had seven for seventy six plus one rush for six yards and only got seven uh, eight point two fantasy points. Yikes, right there, man. Yikes. That is
0: really tough. Devonte Adams getting two point eight fantasy so, points too is. Hold on, just 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 like to quickly revisit that. Go through all those players. Can we throw that out there one more
1: time? Justin Herbert. Yep. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb single digit. JK points. Dobbins. Single digit. Monroe St. Brown. Single digit. Devontae Adams. Single digit. Chris Olave. Single digit. Who's the tight end? I didn't see the tight end. Who was uh Oh, no tight end no in this thing. Okay. But Devontae Adams, Chris Olave, Monroe St. Brown, J.K., Dobbins, Nick Chubb, Justin Herbert. And how about that? They combined for zero
0: touchdowns. It's awful. Not a single player, even your quarterback, accounted for a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins actually scored more than everyone other than Justin Herbert. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins. Team. How crazy is that? Crazy. He had a catch, too. That's amazing. All right. All right. So, Chris, Wolf, I want
1: you to know, Chris, I'm so sorry, man. Sorry, man. I'm so sorry. Sorry, buddy. You totally deserve better.
0: Let's get to the next one here, and this one comes from... Uh, I had Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, and Amon Ross St. Brown be like, Oh, with my God, my was awesome, right? Seriously. Like, yeah. Especially that matchup against the Titans for Justin Herbert yeah. last week. Oh, my god. Oh, God. T.J.
1: Smith, who passes along a lineup... Where he got smoked by 80 points. He had 46.10 points. Wow. Here was our starters. Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, Rashad White. That's not Brandon good. Iyuk. Brandon Ayuk.
0: Brandon Ayuk did not play well. 15.
1: Amon St. Ross- 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 Brown. Amon St. also did not yeah. play well. David Njoku, yep. three for 28 for him. Jerry Judy, It was actually pretty respectable. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, yikes.
0: Um, and this half PPR in the Packers defense. Gosh, that is really, really tough because you look at that and the other team has Jarek McKinnon on the other side. So, like, just having Jarek McKinnon alone oh, when yeah. your almost, team underperforms. Just a Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, just because of that. Like, this, this is what happens sometimes. You get into a spot where you make the fantasy playoffs and then it's like your team just doesn't show up. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... I think I would rather, I'd rather not make the playoffs yeah. than feel... Or I think I'd rather not make the playoffs than have that. I kind of think so, too. Last thing I'll say, so a couple of things is like, if you have more, keep
1: sending it. If it happens this weekend, yes, I hope please. it doesn't keep sending them. Um, <clears throat> but I do want to humanize this a little bit just because like, it's a bummer. I want people to remember like, I can't tell you how much time I have spent over the past what week since the playoffs started, like thinking about lineups and thinking about decisions and like imagining the possibility of winning a championship in all these leagues or any of these leagues, right? Like it's fun. It is truly something that brings us an immense amount of joy, right? and I maybe I shouldn't be saying this because it's our job, but, like, whatever happens, happens. It's just fantasy football, and these players are still humans, and, like, what they are doing on the field matters so much more to them than it does to our fantasy line. Let's, like, not lose sight of that fact. Like, if your team stinks, I get it, you're mad. But, like, be disappointed for a little bit in the results. Not in the players, mm-hmm. not in the game. Like, just have some fun. It's all good, man. Especially at this time of year. You know, at this time of the year, like, you would, I'm sure we would all love to win every single league. But the beauty of fantasy football is that when week 18 concludes or week 17 concludes, if you only play through week 17, the countdown begins to next year, right? And again, I want you to win leagues. I want to win leagues. It's really fun. And there's monetary incentive for some leagues, but just like don't forget the spirit of this all. And you're going to screw some things up along the way lineup decisions, roster calls. We do it as well. But like, just have some fun with it. And I feel like I just want people to gentle reminder to people because uh, there's too often that we see that people uh, have a different kind of reaction mm. that I don't think is the spirit of the game. And especially when it's projected on the players, because there's really no space
0: for that. Nope, there isn't. I'm totally with you, Field, and not at this time of year when we're supposed to be thinking about how lucky and blessed we are to have all these things. Totally. And I am so I feel so awesome to be able to. Be in a fantasy league with a bunch of friends and a bunch of people that even if I lose, like yes, of course we all want to win, but I, it's a reminder that like I get to hang out and do stuff with people that I love doing stuff with, and totally. that's what to me what it should be about.
1: And at some point soon, to make this turn this like this negative sort of vibe into a positive vibe is uh, Michael Gelkin, who covers mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Dallas Morning News does a really tremendous job doing that, has every year sort of the start of this tradition where he shares a bunch of fantasy stars. And the charities that uh, they are associated with, or support, or have previously advocated for. When that tweet goes up from Michael, we'll make sure that we all share it. It's a wonderful idea. If Love you win it. your league this year because of Travis Kelsey, a guy that you drafted high, or a guy like Zach Moss, who out of nowhere is now fantasy relevant, maybe consider donating some of the winnings or whatever that you are able to donate to these players and the
0: charities that they support so significant. And we also have the V Foundation that is something near and dear to our heart that we would also suggest donating to. So for v. anything. V.org slash donate. That's right. a good A lot of options, but yep. totally nothing wrong with giving back. Yep. All right. All right. Liz Lowe's on the other side of this. But first, Daniel, I would like to know,
1: as Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I
0: would love to save some money on insurance field. Uh,
1: of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy to use mobile app, available 24 hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico's an easy choice. Switch today, see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today.
0: All right, bringing in Liz Loza. Liz, it is so good to see you. What does your sweater say?
2: This is La Hefa. What does Which that mean? Means-
0: the boss. Stop it. Of course. Of course you are wearing a shirt that says the boss, which is why we have you on the show every Wednesday, being able to break down whatever it is that you want to talk about here. And we're going to dive into a handful of things. The boss. What was the other boss? Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. There we go. Sorry. You and Bruce are just like right on that same level for me. I was just trying to figure it out. Uh, so let's talk about Kirk Cousins here. We watched Kirk Cousins last week finish as quarterback four with 32.4 fantasy points against the Indianapolis Colts. Is there any chance that he continues to ride and stay hot here in week 16?
2: This is a good segue because Kirk Cousins has been a boss for fantasy managers. On the Sunday slash Monday show, Field talked about players having momentum and managers using that momentum as we start our lineups into the playoffs. I think Kirk Cousins is a perfect example of that type of player. He's so hard to sit right now and not... Just because of the injuries to the position, the quarterback position, but because he like mounted that comeback last week and it was just so impressive in a real football way too, right? Like we're used to Kirk Cousins throwing up on himself, right? And he's the butt of plenty of jokes, especially when, you know, he's wearing these new outfits and stuff, but. The man is averaging 39 pass attempts for game. Volume isn't just for running backs and wide receivers. It's also for quarterbacks. And part of the beauty, for better or for worse, of this Vikings team is the fact that they have a really generous defense that keeps Kirk Cousins needing to throw the ball to keep them in games. And on the other side of that ball, he has these elite pass catchers who can help him convert. So, you know, the other part of this is the mashup, obviously. We saw you and I discuss the Giants absolutely harassing Taylor Heineke, Mm -hmm. right? Just like blitz after blitz. So I expect that's a blueprint that the Giants are going to take into this game. But I also think that the advantage goes to Kirk Cousins, again, because of those elite weapons on the other side. I'm not expecting like a, you know, completion percentage above 70%, and I would absolutely take the over on 0.5 interceptions, but do I think he can give you... I don't know, 280, maybe more yards and two touchdowns, 100%. He's a top eight play for me.
0: I think I'm with you. And when you talk about this, and I apologize if you said this already, but you you talked about how with that defense being so bad, right? Kirk Cousins, it enables the Vikings to have to continue to throw. He's had 30 or more completions in three of his last four games, just showing he's got to throw the football. They just have to be able to do it. And he's going to I think this week, the only hesitation that I have is looking at how the weather is going to play out uh, in those games there in New York. But I have him as a top 10 quarterback. You have him as a top 10 quarterback. Oh, they're at home versus in they're at home versus the Giants. So they're in a dome. Even better. Liz, no questions. No question marks at all. Then firmly a top 10 quarterback. You and I both have him at nine. Field has him at nine. It would be tough not to start him based on what he's done the last couple of weeks here and the amount of volume that he is uh, he's getting there in the passing game. All right. We talked about Amari Cooper a little bit. We tried to leave some meat on the bone. Liz, I'm sorry. Okay. field already got a little bit of a chomp at it, but I want to turn the tables, turn it okay. over to you. Talk to us about Amari Cooper here because this is a really tough one heading into week 16 with how bad he's been recently.
2: Well, it's not just that he's been bad, right? Like, let's let's get a little bit more specific on that. He's been dealing with a hip injury. The and struggling to get on the same page as Deshaun Watson. The chemistry hasn't been great. Last week, the matchup in uh, Marlon Humphrey's coverage, not particularly good. And the other thing is this, this offense has always been one that was going to go through the running game. Obviously, Brissett added a unique spark, particularly when he was working with both Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper, and that's just not there yet. I don't know if it's rust. I don't know if it's lack of rapport. I don't know if it's, you know, just not a familiarity yet. Like that mind meld connection just isn't there. I will say there is a silver lining though, right? Because last week Cooper led the team in targets and yards. So I think it's improving, but the fact still remains that, he hasn't caught more than four balls or cleared 58 yards since Watson took over in that game against Houston. I Again, I, I just think that the Browns are going to run through the ground. Now, it's an interesting little asterisk that Nick Chubb is dealing with this foot issue, but yep. I don't think that changes things because I think Kareem Hunt is perfectly capable of Particularly for one game, leading the backfield. And I just don't see, you know, you talked about weather when we talked about Kirk Cousins. Well, this is a game that actually has massive weather implications. Field tweeted that the feels like temperature is going to be really cold. And there are gusts, I forget what it was. <laughs> there are gusts of like, gusts expected upwards of like 50 miles per hour. So, this just does not seem like a good spot. I frankly I would rather have like Christian Watson, I think at Miami. Nice temperate nice temperate location. I'd rather have Christian Watson than Amari Cooper in this one.
0: Yeah, this one's going to be tough and that's part of what we talked about. Obviously, if there is no Nick Chubb, it's not just Kareem Hunt that's going to be there that the Browns have just a plethora of running backs that, like, if someone goes out, Dearness Johnson can just step in. And it almost feels I don't want to say sure. Nick Chubb is replaceable, but it, like, it feels like they've got a, just so many guys to be able to step in and help out with that role. So, knowing what this game could be, it's going to be a really tough one. On the, how about the other side of that? Stephon Diggs. Like, it's the same game. You're trying to be able, it's not the Bills. They're not playing the Bills. Stephon Diggs taking on Chicago. Sorry, I was thinking about Cleveland and Chicago. Both of them have awful weather here. Stefan Diggs is inside our top three, but it's that same kind of question mark here, Liz, because when you're in a situation like this where you know that you're going to have such awful weather, do you knock him down at all? Is there anything that you're doing with Stefan Diggs other than putting him in your fantasy lineup and just hoping that in spite of how bad things are, that he's able to find a way to get in the end zone?
2: Well, first of all, I appreciate you trolling me on this one, right? Like, oh, Stefan Diggs is going to Chicago. What are you expecting? Um, you know, I think more than the weather, and I'll talk about that in a second, is the fact that Diggs is coming off of a disappointing game, like nine targets, 60 yards, that's not great. That's not what you want out of um a first-round draft pick if you were if you were drafting back in August, right? Uh so you mentioned the weather. Like this one, I, know, I remember Field said the feels like temperature was supposed to be like 11 below. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be windy because that's the vibe of the city. Yep. So, so, and like other question marks, like the Bills are eight and a half point favorites. Josh Allen's elbow continues to be a bit of a question mark. And yet- Not no times this season have the Bills been like, oh, game script. That's going to be a big Devin Singletary game. We're not going to throw the ball. We're just going to decide not to. No, at no point has Josh Allen been like, oh, I'm not going to run and like be reckless with my body, even though I have this elbow issue. He's never and and in the snow. Even though Diggs didn't get it, Dawson Knox went off, and like the snow didn't stop Josh Allen from going over 300 yards. Last week. So I feel like this team is the anomaly. It breaks all of the rules. And if Stefan Diggs is the number one wide receiver on this team, I am going to therefore believe he breaks all of the rules and all of the trends. Plus the matchup is great, right? Like how many times does Josh Allen need to link up with Stefan Diggs to get you a top five day? Like five? Can yeah. you, I can imagine Stefan Diggs like, five catches for over 90 yards against this defense that's allowed a wide receiver to clear 24 fantasy points in three straight games. I'm not overthinking it. I'm leaning towards Diggs. And you know what? If he doesn't produce, then my Bears did something right. So it's a win-win. Congratulations
0: for you. That's right. That's the way you look at it, Liz Loza. (laughs) That's how we do this. Yeah. And in all honesty, the Bears not good against wide receivers. They're giving up almost 45 points per game. Like you said, they've given up uh, two wide receivers, they've given up over 24 points in three straight games to a wide receiver. So it's the weather. That's the only thing that gives me hesitation here, but there's no way you can't start to st- Stephon Diggs. I just don't care who you are. There's no way you cannot start Stephon Diggs in your playoff matchup. All right, we're going to talk about one more player here. Liz, we talked about a couple of tight ends because it's just so tough at the tight end position, even though we're in week 16.
2: Is it? Well, I don't know. Is it, Daniel? I think Because it one is. of us is crushing it at the tight end position. Wow.
0: I'm assuming just that's it. you. I'm assuming that's you. Yeah. All right. All right. Tell me where you're at on the tight end position this week when it comes to Juwan Johnson.
2: I mean, seven touchdowns over his last seven games is not nothing, right? He also, I don't know if this is a good thing necessarily for the Saints, but he leads New Orleans in scores with those seven touchdowns. He also didn't start scoring them until week seven. So, oh my goodness, the first half of the season for the Saints. Um, Here's my issue with Johnson, like, and I guess this is, you can extrapolate out to the position as well. I just wish the volume was better, right? He's, he's getting like four targets a game. He's only running 22 routes per contest. Yep. Oh, but when we are looking at tight ends outside of like, honestly, the top five right now, right? Like when we're throwing darts at him, we are for better or for worse, like it or not, we're chasing touchdowns. Yep. And Johnson has been absolutely alive in the red area of the field. He is top eight in red zone looks. And remember, this is a player that did not come on until week seven. And yet on the season, he is still top eight in red zone looks. And he's top four in ADOT. So when Andy Dalton is looking for like a downfield safety valve, which I know sounds a little bit antithetical, but is actually what Johnson is doing for this offense, he's the guy And you have to imagine this game is at Cleveland, right? So we talked about the weather implications. If you're looking for a safety valve because it's cold and because Miles Garrett, who hopefully gets over this bug that he's dealing with, is like breathing down Andy Dalton's neck, huzzah, it's going to be Juwan Johnson. And I mean, could this be a four-catch, 45-yard, one-touchdown effort? Sure, but... I don't, I don't think that that's, like, wild. We all have him ranked, like, just outside of our top 15. And also, he's available in, uh, or he's only rostered in 15% of ESPN Fantasy leagues. So if you're not feeling good about your situation, this is a dart throw that could probably just get you six and maybe a little bit more.
0: Yeah, a lot of tight end talk on the show today. We talked Chigo Conquo. We talked Pat Fryermuth. Now we're talking Juwan Johnson. Get a little bit of everything whenever we have Liz join the show. There's a lot of tight end talk here. I want to throw it over to our friend Thirsty Kyle, who's been taking some questions from our social channels. Kyle, what you got for us in chat?
1: We got a popular one here. Quarterback question. Geno Smith against the Chiefs. Trevor Lawrence against the Jets tomorrow
0: night. Ooh, Liz Loza. Yeah. Geno Smith against the Chiefs or Trevor Lawrence? I'm going with Geno Smith against the Chiefs over Trevor Lawrence against the Jets. But I do like Trevor Lawrence still this week. He's just a little lower for me.
2: I like Trevor Lawrence's talent. I also believe in the talent of the Jets, which you and Phil discussed a little bit ago. Um, I watched it last week. If this game wasn't at Arrowhead, I would feel so much more comfortable with Geno Smith. But you have to imagine chasing points against the Chiefs. Gino has done enough to show me that he can at least try to keep pace. And obviously, you know, the lock-in situation isn't great, but there are enough weapons there that I think I would probably um, take him just a couple of spots ahead of Lawrence.
0: I think I'm with you there.
1: All right, Kyle, what else we got? We got two questions left here. We'll go both flex questions. First one, Zach
0: wants to know Garrett Wilson, Miles (laughs) Sanders.
1: Who are you flexing?
0: Oh, I'm assuming that it is a full PPR league and I would take Miles Sanders with no Jalen Hurts likely this week. I would expect him to get more like additional volume, I think, as a flex play. Uh, and in part because of the fact that Garrett Wilson and the Jets are taking on their are they in Jacksonville this week? Yeah. No, they're are you all- asking me? No. It's in New York. In oh. New York. <laughs> Yeah. So I I would definitely take Miles Sanders over Garrett Wilson for me.
2: My only worry about Miles Sanders, I think you're right. I would take Sanders also like when we're thinking about who's the player more likely to give us a touchdown. Like I generally tend to lean towards a running back in those situations. Obviously, Philadelphia's backfields are a bit unique, but the Cowboys are like five and a half point favorites in this one. So you know, I have to imagine though that like there's good, there's going to be a leaning on of Sanders and that might just even things out.
0: Yeah. And if I knew that Mike White was under center again, I might feel a little differently, but I'm not a huge Zach Wilson proponent when it comes to Garrett Wilson's fantasy no. value. So for me, that's a little under. bit of the tiebreaker there. Kyle, we got one more. Give it to us, bud.
1: Last one comes from Matt. Tough one. McKinnon versus Zay Jones. Who do you put in the flex
0: spot here? Oh, Liz, I'm going to let you go first. Ugh.
2: I'm gonna take McKinnon. The matchup is awesome. And without any of these other pass catchers outside of Juju, frankly, like stepping up for Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but I think that goes without saying. I think the upside that McKinnon presents is awesome. And Zay Jones has been fire, but I know we talked about just how difficult the Jets matchup is. A few stats for you. The Jets have allowed the fewest yards two outside receivers on the season and the second fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers overall on the season. So wow. it, I mean, J- Jones has been fire, but this is a moment where I'm, I'm pausing on the momentum.
0: I think I'm with you there in this situation. I would rather go with Jarek McKinnon and I don't know how the same way. I mean, we've talked about this and I, I talk about the emotional side of football all the time. How do you look at a guy that was the number one running back two weeks in a row. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to play somebody else over him in the flex. And he's going to sit on my bench. I just don't know how I can do that. I'm, I'm watching Jerick McKinnon come alive here for these chiefs. And I feel like he's got to be in my fantasy lineup. So I'm with you. Love Zay Jones, especially if he wasn't playing the jets, I would think harder about it, but against the jets and that tough defense and also playing on the road and outside, we'll see where that works out. So, all right, Kyle, thank you so much. I'll tell you what I, you know, because we love you, please tell everybody where people can find you and any of the stuff else that you do around here. What else do you do around here, Kyle Soppy? Let's give I, you, you a little know, bit of love. Do a little bit of everything. We're uh,
1: basketball season, baseball season, football season, you name it. I'm at Kyle Sopi ESPN on Twitter.
0: Follow me there. Ask questions. I'll be there. Ton of questions. So many people send <coughs> questions to Kyle whenever we're doing our start to questions. So please, at Kyle Sopi ESPN, give him a follow. At Liz Loza underscore FF. And I am at Daniel Dopp. That's going to do it for us today here. Liz, anything you want to close this show with, it's Wednesday. It's your last time on the show for this week, so I want to open it up for you to be able to say whatever you want to say to close out this week.
2: Start your indoor kickers. Chase McLaughlin (laughs) available in uh, 96% of ESPN fantasy leagues coming off of a monster game. You want to put those outdoor kickers on the shelf along with your elf and roll out the indoor options or ones playing in uh, sunny and warm temperatures. So that's my that's my little nug for y'all.
0: That's a great nug of, of all the nugs, the spiciest nug list. Thank you so much. Start your indoor kickers. We love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on Wednesday. Please don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that. We love you. We can't wait to see you tomorrow. We'll see you on Thursday. Mike, Stefania, Field, and I can't wait. Peace. If you need a stick of tide Field
1: is your guide If you're in Bristol or in Farmington You should
0: find another ride Candidly he hates Mike Clay And you know that it's a fact Every yater's gonna yate Cause he's on
1: TV every day A spicy tomato who Got the stats And tweets that'll make you laugh He's our favorite host And everybody knows his name He's feel.